0: afternoon, everybody. Long time no speak. I uh, apologize for the delay. I was meant to update uh, this podcast uh, a couple of weeks ago when Nisha and I came back from our holiday, um, but we were so busy and on the date with uh, requests for nutrition plans and getting started with training uh, and sort of client things that uh, I just got sidetracked. And uh, when I got back, as you know, the weather was absolutely uh, amazing as well. So we, uh, we just took advantage of that. But I'm back now, anyway, uh, from sunny Turkey. And now actually sitting uh, in the office, it's uh, quite sunny outside, so that's good. So I had some great feedback on podcast one and podcast two. I should be back in the rhythm now. Um, so we're going to get on with uh, an important podcast that I've spent the past sort of, couple of weeks really, you know, putting together. So I can try and cover everything off in one go. So today, what we're going to talk about is uh, nutrition and dieting, especially uh, the secrets of you know, toning up and losing body fat. So we all want to achieve a certain look, and I hate to say it, but uh, that look is probably about 85% dependent on what you're putting in your body. Uh, I'm sure you'll agree, and this is a huge percentage of what's important to getting the results that you want. Now everybody wants to know how to get lean and that's probably the the most asked question that I get. I'm gonna talk about how to get lean on this podcast and then on a later one I'll talk more about the, I suppose the the process of gaining more muscle in depth. Uh, I'll touch on it today. It's essentially the same principle but uh, with one added ingredient. Now I guess before you can understand a diet, it's important to understand the, the macronutrients that we talk about in nutrition. And the word macro means big. So macronutrients refer to your protein, your fats, and your carbohydrates. Now, back in the day, everyone thought that calories were such an important thing, uh, but we then found out that calories were meaningless if we don't understand what the calories are comprised of. Now, most people understand the concept that protein is important to build and repair muscle. So why is that, you may ask? because all the building blocks of the muscle cells are made up of a protein and when we go to the gym and we break down muscle tissue then we need a raw material to replenish this and this is protein it's almost i suppose like a sculptor out there trying to make a clay statue of someone but he doesn't have any clay if he doesn't have any clay then guess what he's not going to be able to build a statue or sculpt what he wants and it's the same thing with our bodies If we don't give our bodies the amount of raw materials it requires, then nothing is going to happen. And also, our bodies have an incessant need for protein, regardless if you work out in the gym or not, because your nails, your hair, your skin, and and even the internal lining of your intestinal tract, they're all made up of protein. And this level of protein is in a a constant state of flux. It's in a state of turnover. Now, if you look at your hand now and imagine the size of it when you were 8 years old, It's totally changed in size, and that's because every single cell is being replaced. So this process is going on in your body 24-7, whether you're working out or not. So the body has a massive need for protein. Also, the body has no storage facility for protein, so it can't store it like it can store fats in the fat cells or how carbs are stored in the body as glycogen. There's simply no storage for protein. So that means if you don't eat protein every couple of hours throughout the day, then you will be in a protein deficient state. In other words, you can't go and eat 150 grams of protein for breakfast, for example, and then not have another protein serving until the end of the day. Because after a couple of hours, uh, when you've run through that protein, because there's no storage for it, you're going to be protein deficient. So we need to feed the body small protein meals throughout the day which is why we constantly say you need to eat small meals all through the day, every day. And if you've seen some videos that I've done recently, you'll see that the day is broken down into lots and lots of smaller, what we call, nutritional opportunities. Excuse me. Uh, Everybody out there, you know, who takes exercise seriously has realized as well what I've just said, you know, that you need protein every day. Um, Now, you may not know why, you do it, but that is why you do it. You have to space out the meals and separate the servings. So once we've that taken care of, uh, we still have another, let's say, uh, issue that we need to deal with. Now, number one, most muscle cells are not just made up of protein. They have a membrane which surrounds it called the cell membrane, and it's made up of fat, okay? So you've got the protein making up of the cell and surrounding it is a cell membrane and that's made up of fat. And the predominant fat that's made up of it is called essential fat. So we also have an essential fatty acid requirement in the body, meaning that uh, when you're trying to repair muscle, you're not just trying to repair the protein element, but you're trying to repair the fat component as well. So you need to bear that in mind. Now, a lot of people listening will be, uh, will be doing or have done the same thing I did a long time ago, when I was just eating protein and carbs, protein and carbs, chicken and rice, chicken and rice example I'd eat tuna and rice or chicken and potato with with every single meal I would pat the chicken actually with there uh, if I remember with paper towels uh, just to get every bit of fat off there because I was I was convinced you know that fat was gonna make me fat and that's just the way it was I guess guess we all used to think that and for a long time I sort of stopped growing or changing I remember about 10 years ago and um, there was just nothing happening and I remember uh, I decided one day I was gonna go for a Burger King um, I hadn't had one for about I think it was about two years I was living that clean chicken and rice chicken and rice fish and rice so I remember I went to Burger King and I absolutely picked out I think uh, I think I had about six cheeseburgers at the time and that night I went to the gym and my friend was like holy fuck what what happened to your body I remember him uh, he couldn't believe the way I looked uh, I looked fuller my arms were bigger my veins were popping and I couldn't understand why it was uh, I remember I reflected on the day and realized, hang on, I've eaten all these cheeseburgers today. Uh, you know, I was trying to think what was in them. It was just the meat. And then I realized it was the fat. Well, the next day I woke up and I trained again and uh, I looked even crazier, I remember. So I thought, OK, <laughs> let's start living on Burger Kings. Obviously, I didn't do that. Um, so I started doing a bit of research, and I remember I started reading about fats and nutrition a little bit more. I was really getting involved in, that, I suppose, the science behind it. And I started to realize that fats are absolutely necessary to, to build lean muscle and repair the body. But not only this, guys, they're required for hormone production as well. Uh, there's a lot of different things in the body. So, you know, I learned from that stage, and what I guess what I'm trying to get across to you guys now is that you cannot eliminate fat from your, your diet. You absolutely need it uh so at that point uh, i remember i started to learn that, that fat doesn't actually cause fat deposition it's carbohydrates that do so i started learning more about fats and i realized there's not just one type of fat which i'm going to sort of speak to you about now there's actually three categories of fat um so the first one which you'll all be familiar with i'm sure is you have your saturated fats uh, these are mainly your animal fats and we need some of these fats actually uh, and there's usually cholesterol found in these sources of saturated fat, and we do need some cholesterol in our diet to help control, control, sorry, and, and build the steroidal hormones that's responsible for growth, etc. But once we get that small mineral requirement is, in, in a, and it is only a small one, we'll have to look at the other two categories, which are, and these are the predominant ones, these are the main ones. Um, so you don't want a lot of saturated fat in your diet. There's no need for it. Uh, it's the other two that's the important ones. The first category of uh, unsaturated fats is known as the monounsaturated fat. And these are like your olive oils, uh, extra virgin olive oil, your macadamia nut oil, your avocado nut oil. And these are really heart healthy fats. These are known as your healthy fats. And and they really help lower cholesterol levels and are very, very healthy and effective uh, in terms of reducing inflammation in the body. Remember, as I said, the body has fatty acid requirements, and if you prevent and restrict fat from the body, it's going to think it's in a fat-deprived state whether you're eating enough calories or not. And that's a very important statement, okay, whether you're eating enough calories or not. And if you're not eating enough calories, then guess what? Your body's going to hoard fat. And in women, it holds it in your legs and bum, and in men, it's your belly and your lower back. So it's a really big mistake to, to not eat enough fat, especially the right types of fat. So monounsaturated fats are really heart healthy, like I said. So I like to use them a lot in uh Nishana's own nutrition and in the diets that we, we rank prescribe for people. But the third category of fats may be the most important one, which are called the polyunsaturated fats. Or the essential fatty acids and the reason they are called essential fats is guess what they're essential to the body okay our body can't make them on their own you must ingest these fats every day or you'll be fat-deprived and if you're fat-deprived guess what your body's gonna hoard fat so a lot of people who don't take in enough essential fats find that they can't get they get lean or, or the body is resistant getting lean And as I said to you in the the first podcast, uh, I like to use analogies. And the analogy I'll use for this is if you were to walk up a a flight of stairs. (coughs) And at the bottom is your body uh, that you have now. And at the top of the steps is the body that you want. Now, the easiest way to walk up the steps would be obviously to walk up without any obstacles in your way. But if you're trying to walk up the stairs and I'm at the top throwing chairs at you and boxes (laughs) that you've got to dodge and you've got to get out of the way, obviously you might get up there if you're tenacious enough, but more than likely you're going to fall back down uh, to the beginning and have to start again. Well, that's what eating a diet with no fats like. Uh, You know, you have the right energy, uh, you've got the right intention, but your body is fighting you because you're not giving it what it needs, and, and your body is trying to hoard fat, and you're trying to burn fat. So you're fighting your body, and, well, we don't want you to do that. You know, we need to give the body what it needs. So it's very important to understand that these essential fatty acids must be ingested every day. And the great thing is actually you don't need to eat a lot of them. And there's two types of essential fatty acids which you have probably heard of. One is the omega-3 fats and the other is the omega-6 fats. Uh, you do also have omega-9 fats. Uh, these are your, your olive oils and your v- avocado, ones, etc good clean fats but not essential threes and sixes are the essential ones now in the three category um, and and this was a big a little while ago uh, a lot of people jumped on the flaxseed oil bandwagon you may have heard of it Uh, people jumping on there thinking you were getting your omega-3s from that way but the problem with flaxseed oil is it's a plant source of omega-3 fats and humans do not convert the parent compound of omega-3 into a usable form, yeah, because we have a, a very sluggish enzyme system, basically. So the best way to get omega-3 fats is not to consume plant sources, but to consume animal sources, because the animals convert it into a usable form for us. Uh, for example, cows eat grass. If we eat grass, we get sick, but if cows eat grass, they convert it into omega-3 fatty acids. So we eat the cows, that eat the grass, and, and we get the omega-3 fats. Salmon eat algae, for example, that have omega-3s in them. We eat the salmon, and we get the omega-3 fat. So that's how it works. Now, as far as the omega-6 side of things, there's actually two forms of this. One is called uh, arachidonic acid, which, to be fair, most of us get tons of. Uh, it's This one's in chicken. But the problem is with this form is that it raises inflammation in the body and can cause heart disease. So we don't need to worry about taking supplement lacquer, <coughs> excuse me, acridonic acid, is most of us get too much of it anyway. The only people who might be deficient uh, in this is, is vegetarians or vegans. Um, but for most of us, the omega-6 uh, is what we need to focus on. Uh, as it's, it's an anti-inflammatory version called GLA. It's found in even in primrose oil, or, primrose oil sorry, or, or barrage oil. And there are uh, supplements that we get from just the supermarkets, to be honest. So you can, you can get them quite inexpensively. So maybe it sounds a little bit complicated, but if you if you can find the supplements that feature the right amounts, then uh, and that you need, and guess what? You don't need to worry about being fatty acid deficient. I guess it's like an insurance policy for your health, uh, especially while you're dieting, guys. And you should take them definitely all the time. But but because when you're dieting, you notice if you take essential fatty acids on a regular basis, your cholesterol profiles will improve, and your total body. Inflammation risks will decrease also. So there's there's a lot of health benefits that people have because they're deficient in essential fatty acids. And it all comes around. And the same thing is people going on a low-fat diet and thinking, I've got to cut out fat. Now, I've uh, just given you, obviously, a massive amount of information in a short period of time there, all in one go, and I don't expect you to remember them. Obviously, you can rewind the podcast. Uh, but the take-home message is, Fats are important, and they can't be totally eliminated. So if you're doing a diet, of have been sold a diet which is high protein and has low to moderate carbs, then you've been cheated, and, and you cheated yourself. You're cheating your body's ability to repair muscle, it's that simple. You're working against health benefits, and you're making it harder to lose weight, okay? So on to the third macronutrient. okay? I mentioned this earlier, carbohydrates. And more importantly, uh, you know what are they needed for exactly? Well, that's what I'm going to explain to you. Well, guess what? This is what carbohydrates are needed for. Nothing. They're not needed at all. They're not actually classified as an essential nutrient. If you didn't eat another carbohydrate in your life ever, you'd be fine. You'd live a very healthy life. It may be maybe a boring life, uh, but you'd be fine. And why is that? That's because your body can convert amino acids into glucose if it really needs to. Okay, so you don't need carbohydrates. So it can convert amino acids if it needs to uh, into glucose, but it can't convert carbs into protein, and it can't convert carbs into essential fats either. So carbs are more like, let's say, an extra ingredient or an extra macro, as I like to call it. Now, yes, it is a fuel source, just like petrol in a car. Now you do need some to fuel the car. But you don't need a lot. So if you think about this, how many people drive around with only a small amount of fuel in their car? I know I do it all the time. Guess what? It still runs, doesn't it? Actually, it probably runs better because your car is holding lots less volume of weight. So it's a bit nippier. It performs better. It's more efficient. And it's it's, exactly the same with carbs. You only need enough to fuel your body and that's it. And the great thing about the human body is it's actually like a hybrid car. It can switch fuel sources if it needs to it can use fats or can use carbs there really is no carbohydrate necessity is what I'm trying to say to you for the body but they do come in useful when trying to put on extra muscle but I'll talk about that in a minute Uh, not because they do anything anabolic uh, but because they are a good fuel source so when you're trying to put together the ideal diet to lose weight uh, then what I want to do for people or what you want to do is to create a hormonal environment That's conducive Conductive to fat loss in an environment where the body's not fighting us Okay, and we can walk up that flight of steps without any obstacles in the way So we need to take in enough protein We know that we need to divide it up across sort of five or six meals today And I say five meals for women six for men, but the question is how much protein? Well, usually it's about 1 gram to 1.5 grams for men per pound of body weight. So a a 200-pound man could probably take in around 300 grams of protein a day. And I proved that the other day on a video. If you uh, go onto my YouTube channel, T4 Training, uh, I did 4,400 calories in across the day. did about 340 grams of protein in. And, And for women, it's about 1 gram per pound of body weight. Um, and what about the fats obviously? So for women it's about half a gram and a man about three quarters of a gram per pound uh, Of body weight and that's what your body requires. Okay, that's its requirement. Okay, it's requirement So the good thing about fats especially in the dieting scenario is that fats are stored unlike protein uh, So, uh, you know, you can go a couple of days without fat and still not be deficient in them because your body will have stored some of them if you're still eating on a regular basis so we can actually remove them on and off during a diet for a day or two and it's not going to be detrimental to muscle repair and, and that's a really important point okay so back to those carbohydrates carbs cause the release of a hormone called insulin so every time you eat carbs and they get into your bloodstream as glucose your body has to release insulin from the pancreas in order to observe in order to absorb these carbs So what insulin does is it feeds the cells it feeds the muscle cells the glucose for energy it feeds the brain it feeds the brain cells the glucose for energy and then when the cells are filled just like the petrol tank in your car for example where do you think that extra extra goes it goes into the fat cells so insulin can feed the fat cells also That's why people refer to insulin as a fat storage hormone. And as a matter of fact, um, I believe it's the only fat storage hormone in the body. So here's a question for you. When we want to lose body fat, what is the hormone that we want to keep low? Based on what I've just said. It's insulin, obviously, okay? So the lower the insulin insulin levels, the better the fat burning will be because your body isn't going to want to burn fat when there's loads of insulin in the body because insulin is a fat storage hormone. Does that make sense? Okay? It sounds logical now to some of you, I'm sure, but a lot of people didn't realize that, or still don't realize that. So the greatest strategy to burning fat and creating an environment that's conducive to fat loss is to keep your insulin levels low. And the easiest way to keep insulin levels low is, guess what? To keep carbohydrate levels low. But the thing is the brain loves to burn glucose as a fuel source, and as a matter of fact, the brain is addicted to sugar. You know this, because the more sugar you give it, the more it wants. It's like a heroin addict. You know, you give a heroin addict a little bit of heroin, guess what? He wants more, okay? So the question is, how do we get the brain off sugar, so to speak? And I guess that's the key, okay? Well, if you stop eating simple carbs, okay, if you stop eating simple sugars, have you noticed that you crave them less? But if you're eating carbs in general, then you crave carbs. Everybody loves carbs, okay? So let's say you're on a diet and you lower your carbs and uh, let's just say you cut them in half and think about when you eat them, okay, you feel good, you love carbs, but when you're between meals and you're not eating carbs and you you start thinking, oh, I need carbs and you start telling yourself you need more, well, what happens is your blood sugar drops between meals and now your brain is looking for fuel and guess what, it's not there. So it's then that it says, uh, okay, we're going to send hunger signals out. We're going to make you crave more carbs. And that's what happens. So you've probably, you know, you've probably all experienced that. Now, you've probably heard the term recently from myself, or maybe it's in the media, okay, the term ketogenic diet. And so what is it exactly? Okay, so let me explain it to you. And I'm really, really in favor of it. Well, a keto diet is a diet where you're not feeding your body any direct sources of carbs. Uh, you can still eat some fibrous carbs that are, are very, very low glycemic vegetables, for example, like green beans. Uh, and, um, um, you know, green bean, not green beans, broccoli. Sorry, memory blank. Um, but you don't take in any direct form of carbs like potatoes, rice, that sort of thing. So what happens is that when you cut off your your brain fuel supply for uh, of carbs for, for 72 hours, so that's three days, okay, the brain the brain realizes, uh, hang on a minute, uh, we need to have fuel to function. So what it does is it switches its metabolism and it starts using fats as a fuel source. And the kind of fats it uses are called ketones. Okay, so the term ketogenic simply means that the brain has switched its preferred fuel source from carbohydrates to fats. So what's the advantage of doing that? Okay, well, if the brain is relying on glucose as a fuel source and is relying on a fat source, then it has an unlimited supply of essential fat because, you know, everybody has some fat in their body. And also, if it's not dipping into blood sugar for energy, for fuel, your blood sugar is going to be what? It's going to be stable all day, okay? So you're not going to get hungry, you're not going to get mood swings. Now, the number one reason why people fail on the diet, and some of you may be included in this statistic, and I know for definite a couple of listeners will be, is what? Why would you fail? It's simple. It's because you cheat, okay? Because you can't stick to the and diet. It's too hard for you. And the reason it's too hard is because you're moody, you're cranky. Your blood sugar levels are up and down and you just don't feel good and you're like, Jesus, I want to feel good. So you eat some food, right? Okay, we've all done it. Well, when you're on a ketogenic diet and the brain has an unlimited source of fuel and you don't want to cheat, you don't want to have cravings like when you go on some stupid diet you read in a magazine or, or someone at work gave you, Okay. Cravings are created by low blood sugar, and when your blood sugar levels are stable because your brain is not constantly dipping in there, you feel better. It's as simple as that. Now, people do well on a ketogenic diet, and while some people are quite gifted in losing body fat, and I'll be honest like myself, okay, most people have a tough time succeeding. Now, women tend to do very, very well on a ketogenic diet, okay? The number one uh, is reason is, is because when you don't eat carbs, you don't hold any water <laughs> Women hate holding water. They hate it. You know, women love to feel good. They love to look good. The hips are slimmer. The face is narrower. So it's a good mental thing because cosmetically you look good on a ketogenic diet. Okay. Now, from my experience, women seem to have more cravings than men and and tend to cheat more than men. It's with cake, for example. You know, it's just the case. Uh, So like I said, women tend to do very well on this diet because they don't have those cravings. So, I really enjoy putting people on this diet and, you know, the feedback they gave me is, Lee, this is easy, this is an easy diet, Lee, I'm doing well on it, Lee, okay? So, what I try to do is, is put together a diet plan that works with the body's hormonal system because when insulin levels are low, because you're eating low carbs, okay, there's another hormone known as growth hormone that elevates naturally and these work opposite each other. So, if you have high insulin, you have low growth hormone. And if you have low insulin, you have high growth hormone and growth hormone is not only a muscle building hormone, but it's a fat burning hormone. So actually we're creating a very hormonally-inducive state for fat loss in the body. We're creating the ideal environment, low carbohydrate, low insulin, high growth, homo- growth hormone and no hunger. Now it sounds like a much more likely uh, diet you're going to succeed on, yeah? And we're giving the body everything it needs. Okay, we're giving it the right amount of protein. We're giving it the right amount of fats, which includes the right breakdown of fats, as mentioned earlier. Okay, and everybody notices that the body is performing so much better, and they initially don't understand why. Okay, it takes them a little while to get on top of it to they realise. Okay, and as mentioned earlier, lots of you eliminate the wrong things, so you're fighting your body the whole way. And like I said if you're tenacious enough you know you can get through that you know you could blast your way through it and then probably just burn out so we want to simplify the process for you and the only way to simplify the process is to know the chemistry and science of what your body actually needs you need to take some friggin ownership of your body and educate yourself and I'll give you an example here yeah, that I've used quite recently well, quite a lot of the time we were at a business conference uh, sort of training weekend with lots of different people and I used this example if Nisha and I was to go to a conference and it was all, I say, uh, plumbers and electrical engineers, and we went in and we were talking to people, you know, and, and they were talking to us in, in their jargon and in their industry talk, Nisha and I wouldn't know what they were talking about, and they'd probably laugh and snigger behind their backs and think, oh, he doesn't even know what a five millimetre torque wrench is. How how stupid is he? Well, guess what? We don't need to know all those things, okay? when it comes to your body guys okay you need to know what your body needs okay it's the basics for Christ's sake you're living in this body and you're gonna die in this body so you need to take some ownership so I can't actually fathom and get through my head when we speak to people how many people say I don't know what to eat you've got the internet on your, on your telephone you've had it for years on your laptop okay you've got libraries you need to learn this stuff guys okay it'll make your life so much easier so the question is now, you know, I suppose, how do we build muscle if we're not dieting, okay? Because not everybody wants a diet, okay? Well, the same thing continues. You know, you have the same fat and protein requirements, but you just add in carbohydrates back into the mix. And why do you do that? Because when you eat carbohydrates and you fuel your body with carbohydrates, okay, all the protein and fat you've been using, okay, for fuel, okay, can now be used directly for building and repairing more muscle, when you're dieting it and you're using fat as a fuel source, some of that fat that would normally be used for muscle building is being used to fuel, uh, and likewise, some of the protein is probably being converted to glucose and being used for fuel also, because no matter what, most of the energy we expend during the day, we use fat as a fuel source, and when we walk around, if it's low-intensity cardio, etc., you're always using fat as a fuel source, okay? The only activity that <coughs> uses carbohydrates as a fuel source is anything... So the high intensity loading on the body, such as weight training, okay, a hit. And the great thing about it, however, is that even if you're in the gym for around say 90 minutes, working really hard, it probably only burns around 40 carb, uh, sorry, 40 grams of carbs. They think, okay, so if 40 grams of carbs can fuel a 90 minute workout, then you don't need to take on a lot of carbs in the day. So what people notice on a ketogenic diet is is that they still have loads of strength, but they don't have a lot of endurance. But you know you shouldn't be in the gym where you're training for anywhere near ninety minutes as some people do. You know sixty minutes is absolutely enough, and uh, I'll be talking about lower oh, training in a, a future podcast. So even if you try to eat zero carbs in your diet, okay, the thing is you need to remember you, you couldn't do it because everything you eat has some carbs in. It, okay, for example, you know I have people eating green beans. There's some carbs in that, but very minimal. Half people eating eggs. There's some carbs in there. There's even carbs in nuts, you know. But they're all in what we call indirect sources of carbs. But those carbs are not being used as a fuel source uh, on a ketogenic diet, so they get stored straight in the muscles glycogen. So when you do weight train, weight train, sorry, you feel good. Okay, you don't feel sluggish. Now. The one negative to a ketogenic diet is to do with your thyroid gland, which controls your metabolism. Now, the thyroid gland produces a hormone known as thyroxine, and we abbreviate that as T4. T4 is what we call the inactive thyroid hormone. In your circulation, the body has to turn that into the active thyroid hormone. That's known as T3. So that T4 to T3 conversion is insulin dependent. So that means if insulin is low all the time, your body will stop or slow down the conversion of T4 to T3, which will halt your metabolism, okay? And that's just your body's way of not burning itself up in a low-calorie cal- low situation. But now wait. What we can do is we can trick the body, okay? We can trick the body to not knowing it's dieting. So how do we do that? okay well we give the body a cheat meal okay or the, the new terminology it's called a refeed meal i still like to refer to it as a cheat meal though it sounds more satisfying more aggressive or sexy oh, come on we am gonna eat a cheat meal okay so what's a cheat meal well it's one meal uh, used as your i generally say it's your last meal of the day okay because the thing is if you do it early in the day you'll do one of a couple of things you'll mess it up you'll mess up all your meals during the day so you'll be completely stuffed and you'll, you'll turn a, a cheap meal into a cheap day okay so that's sort of messes everything up okay so I recommend you have it as the, the sort of near the last meal of your day you know you, you eat what you want for God's sake you know don't eat like it's your last meal on earth okay as some people do okay uh, so so you do when you know you eat your cheap meal which includes some low carbs what happens is uh, you spike your insulin And when you spike insulin, it keeps that T3 to T4 conversion working adequately. So T4 to T3 conversion uh, working adequately and actually speeds up the metabolism again. Because after a few days, your body thinks it's catching on to what you're doing and say, oh, I'm on a diet here. So when we trick it after about five or six days of the treat meal, it starts speeding back up again. Okay, so that's a little tip that you can do. Now, that diet works really well, especially for women, as I mentioned, but also for men. Uh, now, I may start people off on a very low carb diet, such as diet, uh, such as maybe 30 grams of wet brown rice in two meals a day, uh, and then, you know, stop carbs later on in the day. Um, so it's important that we, we we start slow. Now, just because the fat and protein component is high doesn't mean you're on a ketogenic diet, okay, um, if you've got a few carbs in, okay. But the term ketogenic means the brain is using fat as a fuel source. And the only way the brain will do that is in the absence of carbs or if a carb intake is under 50 grams, as mentioned. And uh, this would come, um, the 50 grams can obviously come from indirect sources. So I don't want people thinking, okay, I'll go ketogenic. I'll just do, you know, two small rice meals a day and have all the fat and protein. That's not being on a ketogenic diet, okay? You've got to be no carbs or, you know, below 50 grams of indirect carbs, so I guess the question is now, so what does this diet look like? Um, well, that's where my nutrition plan comes into play. You know, obviously, I'm not going to spout off for another hour about what foods to eat and what times to eat exactly in the portion sizes. You know, I do lay this out in black and white, in my nutrition plan, which you know, I've been selling for quite some time now. And I assure you, the feedback has been fantastic. Okay. It did start out originally at about 27 pages, uh, but it's now around 36, okay, so it's massively been updated, okay, it's fantastic uh, reading. So how do you get one? Uh, well, you could ask at the gym, okay, that would be a good start, okay, exercise for that sunland. okay. Uh, so if you're at the gym, just ask, or the chances are, if you've seen this link on social media, you could ask just via that alternatively. Uh, You could email me at uh, info at t4training.co.uk. The plan is £20, takes about 48 hours to complete as I I do bespoke a lot of the things in it for you. What I will add is that uh, two recent buyers of the plan uh, have already purchased another plan from another PT. And it said that it was literally just a list of foods and nothing else. For God's sake, use some insight when thinking about spending money on your body, guys, okay? You wouldn't go to a dentist with rotten teeth that's all i'm saying okay you can insert a little emoji with a wink on there if you like you know remember both nisha and i have uh, been on a bodybuilding stage this year and i've done it previously we know what it takes to build a great physique and that knowledge is yours should you want it okay and with that i'll drop just a quick plug on for our website so uh, our website is wwwt 4 trainingcouk Our YouTube channel is T4Training, all one word, and our Instagram. And our Twitter is T4 underscore training, Twitter being at T4 underscore training. So the next podcast, uh, I'll do uh, like a holiday special with regards what to eat and how to train when you're on holiday. So those lovely foods don't take hold of you. And uh, I've definitely got a few gym rants lined up. So until next time. If it's not T4, guess what? It's not simple. Take care.